Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for tuning again again this week. Hopefully, you're just subscribed to the podcast, and every Tuesday morning, it just drops into your podcast feed. That is the way to do it. So subscribe, like, share all of the things with the podcast. And uh, please do always feel free to reach out to me. Um, the Light Files has a uh, Instagram at Light Files. Um, we also have a Facebook page. We have any number of ways to get a hold of me personally. And I love to hear from you. I love your feedback. Uh, a lot of the feedback that I receive from y'all helps me come up with new topics for the podcast. Um, I'm always open to suggestions on topics because it does get a smidge hard <laughs> to always come up with something. Um, and I want it to be content that is relevant and interesting to you. So the best way to get that content out there is to hear from you. So please do feel free to reach out to me anytime you want, and I would be delighted to hear from you. So this week's podcast, I'm going to speak about leadership just because it has been on my mind a ton in these past few weeks. And I'm just going to lay it right out there. Um, leadership has always been something that has been a struggle for me. It has been a full on process. I am not, uh, I don't believe a natural born leader. <laughs> I like being in charge, <laughs> but I don't know that in terms of like being a great leader, you know, like whoever you might admire personally as being like the, a great leader of a business, a lot of the skills that that requires, I do not believe come fully naturally to me. So it's something I have to work at all the time. And then like stuff happens <laughs> in life and it really reminds me of, okay, Lisa, this leadership journey, it's a journey and you're still in the middle of it. <laughs> We're not done. <laughs> We're going to keep growing and exploring as we follow this path and see uh, where we can get to with, of course, the end goal, hopefully being with me ending out at, at the end of this, uh, if my career is turning out to be a pretty effective leader and, um, you know, well-skilled, but, um, yeah, I, that's a whole process and I'm far better today than, than I was 10 years ago when I started, but, um, it's still a journey that I'm in the middle of. And I just want to be honest about that, that this is coming from a place, not of somebody who's got 30 years in of being a leader. I maybe have 10 and certainly only about uh, six years or so of like sole leadership of a business. And, um, and if you, any of you that have been doing this a long time can identify that that is basically a newborn child. So, <laughs> so that's me, but I'm, um, it's something I'm working on all the time. And I realized, you know, well, the first thing I think you learn when you take on a leadership role in any business is that all of a sudden you're always on the clock. <laughs> Whether you're actually on the clock or not, you're like always on the clock. Um, anytime something is required of you or your business or your employees need something, there's no being, um, I'll deal with that on Monday. You know, if somebody texts you or emails you or needs something, um, kind of whatever you're doing in life, um, 
that that person, that situation becomes your priority, whether it's what you really wanted to be doing at that moment or not. Um, and this is like, um, I think it's a big reason why some people just never want to take on the leadership or management roles um, because it is, it's an investment <laughs> of your own personal time and mental energy and emotional energy a lot of the time. And uh, it's not something that everyone is cut out for. Um, both of my my parents, uh, who are both very skilled at their professions and um, just, you know, worked hard all the time. Uh, neither one of them ever wanted to take any sort of management position because they didn't want to have to deal with people. <laughs> they were fine uh, excelling at what they did and what their core skills were but never wanted to take that extra step of, uh, you know, being the manager, even when it was offered to them. Um, and I actually commend people that can identify that about themselves. Like, okay, uh, that all sounds good. And I understand I'll make more money or whatever the case may be. There might be some other perk, but, uh, the flip side of that is going to be this, uh, much more costly, uh, the workspace, I don't mean that sounds way more negative than I mean it, but there's just going to be much more responsibility to bear when you come into that place of leadership and managing. I've mentioned on this podcast before that I, well, obviously I'm a fan of podcasts and one of the ones I'm most, uh, that I love the most, it's called no stupid questions. It's actually probably the inspiration of where this podcast came from. The episodes are like 30 minutes long. This one's 20. Um, <laughs> and they are just kind of back and forth conversations about, well, anything, hence the name, no stupid questions. But um, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, these kinds of issues about leadership and economic policy and political policy and, you know, not always. But one of the most recent episodes turned me on to this uh, Eight Practices of Effective Executives by Peter Drucker. Uh, never heard of him before. I understand he has since passed on. But um, Drucker's eight, um, eight, whatever, steps? That's not right. Eight Practices, there we go, of effect Effective Leadership, Effective Executives, really resonated with me, a, a few of them more than others. So I'm going to run for, through them really quick. But the first one said, uh, an effective executive asks what needs to be done. Then they ask, uh, number two, what's right for the enterprise or the business. And that's a really, really important one for me. Um, the what needs to be done is not uh, as, uh, I mean, that's super critical, but I'm such a doer in my life that, um, that like thinking about doing in terms of leadership doesn't bother me. Like that's just kind of second nature. But thinking about what's right for the business is something that um, is really, really important as a leader and can be really easily lost when you're too much focused on number one in the doing. <laughs> so then an effective leader develops an action plan. I'm not always the best at this. Like I have a million ideas and I'm really bad sometimes at uh, translating these, all these ideas into a cohesive action plan. Um, I have this idea and that idea, but I don't uh, ever fully sit down and figure out how we make that happen and how we test the results of something. Okay. So I had this idea. We're going to give it a shot. 
at what was the ROI? Did, was it successful or was it just an idea? And it turns out it wasn't even something we needed to be spending our time on. So um, creating an action plan and following it through to the end, super powerful. Taking responsibility for your decisions, uh, number four. I always feel like that's uh, been uh, pretty clear to me. Um, oh my gosh, you guys are going to be like screaming at me. But the president, was it Truman? I'm making that up. That had the plaque on the desk that said the book stops here. I can probably Google it, but that's hard to do and talk at the same time. But <laughs> but that's always been really, really clear to me that uh, as the leader of my organization, the buck stops with me. And if things are failing, it is because of a failure of my leadership. And if things are successful, it's because we are doing a good job. But there is a lot of responsibility for those decisions that I make. And I really need to be thinking through and feeling them and really weighing pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses uh, of everything and uh, trying to come at it always with like a clear head and a full understanding of what decision A means and what potential outcomes will be from it. Um, Effective executives, number five, take responsibility for communicating. Communication uh, for me is incredibly important incredibly important. I think it is so, so necessary that as a leader, that my communication and my expectations are very clearly laid out and understood um, by my team or by my manufacturer partners, by whomever it is that is working with me. I personally, I have said it before on the podcast, so (laughs) y'all probably already know way more about me than you want to, but my personal best method of communication is written. So in the world we live in today, that's email. I'm a decent over the phone, but I like to be able to take a minute to digest information and to think about <clears throat> what really the response needs to be or the direction I want to go or the strategy involved. And for me to do that effectively, I really need the time and thought process behind written communication. So that is my default. Um, I And I put a lot of thought into how I communicate. And it's been one of the things that I have worked on the most as a leader, making sure that I'm communicating in a way that is very clear, gets my needs as the business owner and business leader across, but doesn't also make anybody feel singled out or marginalized or insecure or any of the other negative things that can come out of of somebody just trying to be clear and communicate. Um, we're all human beings with emotions and it is sometimes really hard to ask people to fully set their emotions away, um, set that aside from their professional selves, um, because we are all complex and it's all kind of tied up together. Even when we know that it is really one thing and the other and something that happens in your professional life, uh, really shouldn't have so much emotional connotation, but it's hard. We are how we are. So I've just had to, instead of just wishing that we as human beings were a different way, um, I've really just had to be like, you know what, this is our, this is how we are as humans. And I just need to embrace that and recognize it and how I'm communicating with my team or with you all listening to the podcast or any other manner of communication I do in my life. 
Uh, number six on the list is focused on opportunities rather than problems. This one is so resonating with me. Like that is really what I feel like uh, is my core mission in life and will lead to success through my my you know, my showroom business and also through the nonprofit, through the lighting showroom association. I want to be focused on opportunities rather than problems. Now, focusing on an opportunity doesn't mean I'm not also trying to solve a problem. These things in my mind sort of go hand in hand, but I think we can really put ourselves in a negative mental space when we're focused on problem, 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 right? Like, I hope that makes sense. Like when you're always focused on solving a problem or this problem or that problem, you kind of drag yourself down into this negative mental spiral of there's problems everywhere. And what I've really learned for myself, especially to be an effective leader is I cannot let myself get sucked into a negative mental state or a spiral of negative attitudes because it absolutely changes who I am, how I react, how I view the world, and not necessarily in a way that's really productive and effective for me or for my team. And so I really think there is a lot of value and just reframing how you look at the the issues in your business and reset those and look at them as opportunities. Where do I have the opportunity to do this better or that better? Reframe all of your business challenges with a positive spin. Focus on the opportunity you have to do uh, better, uh, to have a better showroom, to have better displays, to have a better staff that are um, more well-trained and more engaged in their jobs that are operating more efficiently and more effectively, focus on those opportunities and what that opportunity will bring your business instead of the problem of this person is always late and this uh, delivery driver never leaves on time and this order always comes in wrong or this is always entered wrong. Like instead of focusing on all these little problems that kind of eat away at our um ability to to successfully and happily do our jobs if we can reframe those as opportunities to grow and do better and evolve i think that's such uh, an important part of being a good leader of being a strong leader and of being an effective leader number 7 doesn't affect me so much it says they uh, you know run a productive meeting um I don't do that many meetings. <laughs> meetings are not my jam. <laughs> uh, and that's partly because of just who I am as a person. I am a doer and sitting in a meeting, it feels like the opposite of doing. So I, I don't, I don't, um, I, this, it doesn't resonate with me. And you know, maybe that right there is a statement <laughs> of something I need to be more mindful of. Uh, but to me, we know, uh, we, you know, I, we have the vision, we have the path for the business. Um, I don't need to sit around and belabor the points. I just want to get in, do our jobs and do them well. So, um, I can see where in like a bigger company where you have more teams and people to coordinate than my 10 employees that running a productive meeting, uh, would be super valuable and a key component of, uh, success because you, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel like meetings about the way that I do that, that there's sometimes maybe a bit of a time suck. 
Um, so if you have a meeting that is just a drain on your time and energy, well, you're not focusing on opportunities. You're not, uh, you know, leaning in to all of your strengths. You're not growing the business. You're just being uh, kind of a black hole of time uh, loss and uh, production loss. And that's not what any of us wants. So I do really appreciate that for people that have teams and businesses that are big enough to require uh, a lot of meetings and coordination of effort between departments that running a productive meeting would be really valuable um, to making that business the best it can possibly be. And the eighth uh, step of step eighth assessment, let's call it that, of what makes an effective executive is um, really also resonates with me. They think and say we rather than I. And I think I don't think I know the important part of that sentence is thinking as a we rather than an I. So it is not just my business. It is the business of my entire staff. It is we. It is not I and what I do. It is what we as a team do. They are not my customers. They are our customers. And really this has been, this is one of the first big lessons I had as a leader. Um, I took most of my lessons the hard way because I don't know, <laughs> I just do a lot in life. But this one is one that thankfully I got pretty early on and it has made a big difference in how I think about my world and my job when I come at it from a place of we rather than I. Now, in your mind, you know, but but this is my business. I am the owner. Yep, that's all true. We're not saying that's not true. Uh, the responsibility ultimately is yours. The buck does stop with you. But the way that you get to that place of success is by thinking of everything as a we and not a me or an I. That's been super valuable for me. It's helped with my interpersonal relationships. It's helped kind of break down the barriers of like being like, I'm up here kind of separate from everyone. No, no, no. I'm really, I'm on the team with everyone else. I, there is no, there's no glass wall between my team and myself. We are a team and every one of them is just as important to me as the next one. We, it is a we that shows up to work every day and makes things happen. Um, it's not I. I certainly couldn't do a fraction of what we do by myself. It is we. And getting my mind set around that and understanding really the power involved in just resetting your mindset to come from a place of we rather than I was super, super helpful to me and my own growth and how uh, I have my business structured and how we operate it was really, really important to me. The other thing that I wanted to mention before I close on this podcast is as a leader, think about the things in your everyday life and your everyday responsibilities that after doing said tasks, what gives you more energy after you've been doing task ABC for like three to five hours than less. Is it, um, is it merchandising? Is it marketing? Is it just selling? Is it, um, I don't know, managing your accounts 
what is it? It's going to be different from all of us, right? But what is it that after spending a few solid hours of hard work at, you come away with it, you come away from that task feeling more energized rather than less? And I would really say to all of us as leaders to focus on those opportunities of what brings you more personal energy and personal excitement and find ways to restructure your world so that the things that just drain all the life out of you are things that you don't necessarily have to do, that you can hire a great uh, colleague to work on, that you can restructure how your days are set so that you're moving through your day from a place of energy and enthusiasm and things that reinforce that state of mind. And again, this is where things are different for everyone. Like maybe you just super love accounting and getting all the numbers right at the end of the day really energizes you and pushes you to do it again the next day. I think that's fabulous. That is not my case. I don't like the math. It scares me. Um, <laughs> I like reading the the results of the math, but I don't like the doing of the math. It's not my skill set. So that's not something that gives me energy and enthusiasm. So what is the thing? What are the things? It's not just going to be one, of course. What are the things that you're doing during your day that bring you more energy, more strength? And all of us as leaders, I think, really need to to hone in on those opportunities for ourselves and devote as much of our time as we can to them. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Reach out to me any way that you can. I always look forward to hearing from you and thank you so much and take care.